Satanism 101. This is session number three, Biblical Revelation on Satanism. Hey, welcome to the course again. And uh, again, may the Lord bless you, strengthen you, and build you during this time. going to pray that uh, God will give you discernment. Uh, God will give you um, just um, um, insight, illumination on the authority you have in Christ, upon the call to put the armor of God on, and, and to be watchful. So I want to encourage you that as you study the materials to be prayed up, realizing that Satan and his kingdom is real. And I think it's very important that we realize this and that we take the time to acknowledge biblical revelation, the truth. What does God say about not only the presence of Satan, but um, then as we see it related, applied to the satanic types of groups that are in the world today. So if you are on page seven in the notes, we are on session three, biblical revelation on Satanism. And let's begin with number one. There's only one accurate source about Satan. Very important to realize that as we come down to the age that we're living in, when books are going to be written left and right, giving uh, Lucifer a whole new face, books that are primarily New Age-based, but that includes books like the Satanic Bible by Father Meridon from the Cathedral of the Black Goat in California, in which, again, Satan is portrayed as Lucifer, the one that was cheated, and the good guy that has the, the, the depth of knowledge for humanity and freedom for humanity. And it's amazing to see the absolute upside-down message of the devil's Bible. Now, we've done an earlier podcast on on part of that, and you can go back to that, but in satanic um, groups, which one would be traditional Satanism, there's a, a growing insight or revelation from them on Satan being the absolute good guy and that he's coming literally to set things right and to oust Jehovah the mean God. So when you begin to think in terms of the information about Satan, whether it's old occult writers like Alice Bailey and Helena Blavatsky and uh, many others, when you think in terms of New Age writers and so forth, and even uh, Satanists like, um, well, at least the popular style like Anton LaVey, and begin to see what they have to, to write about, um, it's amazing that you're going to see the information that comes, let alone from... Hinduism and other parts of the world where evil is talked about, but not defined the way it is in Scripture. The Scriptures are absolutely unparalleled, unequaled in its consistent biblical revelation of the origin of evil, the nature of evil, the the, the personality of evil. In other words, Satan is a real being. Demons are real beings. And that um, and their agenda and what they're you know how they involve themselves in the affairs of men. So the only accurate source we're going to find is in biblical revelation. It's accurate, completely Old Testament to New. There's no contradictions in the biblical revelation. In the Old Testament, it's a progressive revelation. Not only do we get to see you know because when we read the Old Testament beginning in Genesis. We'll look at the first two chapters deal with God and good and creation and man and everything's good until we get into chapter 3. Now, when you study the book of Job and Satan's attack on 
a righteous man who loved God, feared God, and shunned evil. Now again, it's this side of the fall of the human race. The book of Job is probably the first book that has ever been written uh, concerning the Bible. Now it's placed later on uh, in the Bible, and uh, but it's an incredible biblical revelation of the legal presence of Satan in the world, the legal rights he has in the affairs of men, and the stepping in guardianship and preservation of Job. We must remember the backdrop. The world by that time after the fall, or on the day of the fall, and from that time to this, Satan has legal rights. He has legal rights. The laws of engagement, he went through those doors. We gave it over. Humanity, the human race, opened the door. So he is here. He is present. And biblical um, revelation, scripture, gives accurate and also complete insight to who satan is and what the demons are when i say that i mean everything that god wants us to know in an accurate sense to have the biblical demonology biblical satanology um the biblical revelation of fallen angels the whole biblical revelation of the origin of um, of evil and its presence in the world now listen God has given us a complete revelation in the sense that there's nothing missing that there's nothing that uh, some there's no no place else we can go to have added information. Now there may be examples of, you know, the kinds of different worship and and Satan and 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 that's why when I look at Satanism today and deal with underground Luciferians, I can go back to the Old Testament and see the same thing going on there. Uh, thousands of years ago that's even occurring today so i think it's important that we realize that we have an accurate and complete revelation and this is what we need to understand it's the grid by which we then can look if you understand not only the origin of satan the nature of satan the the actual presentation his agenda to offer to us a a promise of um, some kind of spiritual evolution to godhood, an elitist class. And if you understand the first presentation, it's the constant theme given again and again, and it's the constant core theme in the New Age movement and in other satanic groups and in the push for one the new world order. And even in the 2012 prophecies, we're going to find the same thing occurring uh, when we come down to uh, what is the spiritual uh, goal behind uh, the push for the Mayan prophecies or Oprah Winfrey and Eckhart Tolle? Again, we're talking about millions and millions of people involved and in beginning to grasp and grab hold of the promises and uh, believe that there is a coming spiritual evolution of humanity, that that spiritual evolution has been uh, encoded in us and uh, is moving us to the future, what they're revealing is, is the actual development of the satanic agenda. Now, they may not know that because, again, Satan comes masqueraded as an angel of light. And so he will not come demonstrating the cutthroat, deceiver, sabotager, and so forth that he is. That's why it's very important that um, we understand that the New Age movement, the Satanic movements, paganism, Druidism, Wiccans, Santeria, you know, Haitian versions, or going all the way back to Sumer in those areas, you do not have accurate 
uh, information about Satan, accurate revelation about his presence. He's too far beyond those systems. You need a greater power to be able to accurately and completely, and then thirdly I have here, strategically uh, reveal who he is, what he's done, what he's doing right now, and what the agenda is. If you and I understand the agenda, and this is part of the the major passion uh, at this time that uh, we're trying to set forth, the strategic agenda, the satanic agenda, has been revealed in Scripture and is being literally unfolded in the world around us. So if you know these core things, you'll be able to look out there based on biblical prophecy, biblical revelation, to say, this is what God has said would occur, and be able to give the warning and preach the truth and um, and use the authority of Christ to crack into the secret power of lawlessness. Point B on the page seven is biblical revelation includes this direct statements about Satan. Jesus said he's the father of lies. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, that he's a murderer, that he's a deceiver, a tempter. So there's direct statements. Now there's the actions. There's the actions of Satan himself. And the uh, pictures that we see in Scripture. Now you can take a look at uh, Ezekiel 28 and begin to take a look there. And look, look, look at the picture that God gives of Satan and what the fall was all about. And how he desecrated his sanctuaries. Corrupted his wisdom. Or when you read the Isaiah account of the five I wills. That he willed to take the throne of God. The finite being... Uh, puffed up in pride, twisted in violent wickedness, wanted to replace God with himself. And he wanted the worship, he wanted the power, he wanted it all. So we can look at actions and pictures, like in the book of Job, when Satan comes seeking to devour him. Now we can read in the New Testament, where we are told as believers to be alert, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 7 and 8 and so forth, that we are told to be alert and um, to realize that our enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So that gives you the kind of a pictorial uh, revelation of, in the past, how he acted thousands of years ago. Uh, 2,000 years ago, in the book of Peter, the revelation is given again. Jesus dealt with this. Now think about this. Jesus dealt with this when the disciples were together and they were all having you know, the Lord's table. And in the Lord's table, they were fellowshipping. Jesus was there. But Jesus looked at the disciples and something in the realm right there that he knew that the disciples did not know. Satan can't act, move do anything without without Jesus knowing, of course. And Jesus said, hey, uh, here's a heads up. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Now listen, that's part of uh, spiritual warfare. Being alert, listening to the Spirit of God, where the Lord will give us sometimes a heads up, a warning of what is going on, what what really uh, is, uh, is uh, revealed. Uh, what's occurring around us. Like right now, what is Satan's agenda over your life? And you seek the Lord. If you understand biblical 
truths, statements, and actions of Satan his work, and you understand his methods, well then, that gives you a sense of, you know, when you feel, sense, you know, things are going on. Uh, whether he's bringing attack into your life, oppression into your life, and uh, deception into your life, those are all vital things. Because the reality of Satan and his method and, uh, and his uh, focus, listen, the audacity he had in encountering Jesus and trying to get Jesus to worship him. You think he's not going to do that to the early church? Read Acts chapter 5. You think he's not going to try to you know, corrupt local churches and infiltrate local churches and do things? Listen, you read the seven churches in the book of Revelations, chapter 2 and 3, uh, book Revelation, you know, gives us the picture of the infiltration, the Nicolaitans, uh, Jezebel, occult teaching, the seduction to occult pervert, perverse sexuality, and Satan's literal attack, and Jesus giving the church a heads up, uh, the deep things of Satan as it's revealed there. God knows what he's doing. And so again, we have this you know, accurate, complete, and strategic revelation. It's given to us in direct statements, pictures, actions. Listen, it's revealed in prehistory. In other words, the book of, Mos- uh, the book of uh, Genesis was written long after the actual beginning. It's dealing with a few thousands of years uh, of time. So when the book of Genesis is written, as God guides Moses and that book is written, it's written many, many years past the events so it's biblical revelation of, if you think in terms of history, uh, having uh, markers, in other words, writings and materials and so forth. Moses could have wrote about his day and his day alone, but biblical, the Spirit of God guided him in the revelation of Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It wasn't written when it occurred, it was written many years, many, many years later. And so we have um, a record. We have a record of what did occur. And the scripture gives us a record many times of, uh, well, for example, pre-flood and the Nephilim and literally fallen um, angelic beings, the watchers that came down, the Benai Elohim that came down. Now, that's also a satanic um, invasion and uh, an attempt to hybrid the human race to corrupt the bloodline of the coming Messiah. You know, if Satan could destroy the whole bloodline, corrupt all the bloodline, and that all the humans would be devoured by the Nephilim, and all that would be on the earth is Nephilim, you know, the seed of the woman, Jesus would come uh, in, in his incarnation fully human. Well, if everything got before the flood, if the flood didn't come in as a form of judgment on evil, but yet salvation of the human race, and of the coming promise of the, the Son of Man, Jesus, uh, the second Adam. He can only come bearing humanity, uh, incarnating and in becoming fully man, fully human. So when we read, you know, what occurs there, again, we're reading... Um, the, the Genesis account, but it goes back so many years. But it's one of the reasons for the flood is sat- satanic invasion. 
satanic corruption, anything he can do to prevent God from coming back in. And so, as you'll hear me say throughout this course, Satan knows the word of God, and he also knows biblical prophecy. And in strategic times in history, he has tried to step in and and destroy the recipients of prophecy so that the prophecy and the manifestation of the purpose of God could not come about. And that's what he tries to do even in our lives. Well, we also find that the biblical revelation includes revelation of history. Now, when I say prehistory, we can go back to you know Ezekiel 28. That occurs before the creation of the world. You know, Lucifer, the... the the bright uh, star, morning star, whatever, uh, however you want to take a look at that translation of that phrase. He is the uh, morning bright star, the bright uh, son of the dawn. Uh, the transliteration into the Latin is uh, Lucifer. Well, Ezekiel 28 is what? It is um, a revelation of prehistory before the creation of the world is when, the, when that fall occurred and when one-third of the angels were already uh, taken out. And then eventually we have um, revelation on, on Satan and his work in history. And it begins in Genesis chapter 3. And, we, and if you really understand his initial approach to the human race and what he did and how he did it, then you're going to understand how he does it this very day. Because if you examine Genesis chapter 3 and then go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you're going to find that thousands of years later, the Spirit of God paints the exact same systematic picture of what occurred there at the beginning, the dawn of the human race. When we're told that he's called Satan, the, the tempter, and that he has a, a cunning uh, that he that he comes to lead their minds astray, to lead their minds astray. So we we find revealed in history. We also find revealed in biblical prophecy. Not only does Revelation chapter twelve tell us about what he has done in the past, but also what he's doing now in attacking the church and what he will do in the future. When you study clearly Revelation. 16 about the dragon the beast and the false prophet and a a kind of triangulated ritual where they unleash demon spirits to the kings of the earth and woe to the kings of the earth god warned them three thousand years ago in psalm chapter 2 but again we're looking at prophecy reveals the future acts uh antichrist has not yet come to visible revelation of the world the false prophet has not yet been revealed and done miraculous deceptions and so forth to the world. The mark of the beast has not yet appeared and uh, been you know, put in. The, the, the black awakening, the great revolt that kicks it all off hasn't occurred. And that is part of the satanic um, conspiracy. I mean, a, a real conspiracy in uh, bringing again um, the leveling of the current systems of the world in order to replace it uh well with a new world order his the luciferian well it's also revealed in parables jesus talks about the birds of the air come down to take away the word of god how does what does he say that is he says that satan who comes to steal the word of god from people's hearts so that they cannot believe and be saved so in our evangelistic events 
obviously Satan is working to steal the word of God so people can't get saved or believe. Uh, there's a revelation of Satan's activities, nature, and work in power encounters. Not only when you study Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, the man that was literally, barely human, possessed by legion, the many demons, and uh, what, it, what was needed. To, you know, look at the encounter there. Or when you see Jesus encountering demonic presence at different times, and especially in the book of Acts, uh, when we see a number of power encounters. There, there, there is definitely, this is definitely a revelation that the satanic powers, the demons are real, that they are out there, that they are influencing people, that they, you know, that when we, we show up with the presence of Jesus, the authority of Christ in the kingdom of God, uh, a clash can occur. So we also find in the, in the Word of God, uh, Satan's, you know, is revealed by his names. He's the adversary, an accuser of the brethren, a deceiver, a tempter. Uh, his nature, uh, that he's the father, the originator of lies, no truth left in him. So Jesus describes his transmuted nature. The works that he does. Well, look at Mark chapter 5 and look what the demons have done. You know, look, look again what Satan does with Job. And then the agenda, 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 reveals an incredible panoramic view of the agenda of Satan. Timothy 1.4 tells us that, that the demons are coming to seduce people and lead them away from the faith uh, with doctrines of demons. So we have a lot of revelation, biblical revelation. Page number 8, if you go here in the beginning, Satan, his nature, and agenda. Listen. Here's the emphasis. They are absolutely real. And sometimes you hear me say on the broadcast, and I'll say it here very strongly, that history is moving at a supernatural rate. There is no such thing as history just moving by itself. There are forces involved. God's agenda, the Spirit of God, the Kingdom of God. God has an agenda to reach every tribe, every language, every person in the entire world. The power of God uh, the Holy Spirit is here to lead us. Uh, God will work in that direction. Angels are at work. So when we talk about, you know, the development of history, and I would include politics, every development involves behind the scenes the battle for position, battle for placement. You know, Satan wants the government. He wants the military. He wants... You know, he, his, again, the agenda, number one agenda of Satan himself, uh, is Satan is really, he wants to be God himself. Really, he does. Satan wants to be God, worshiped as God. It involves then his need to eradicate God, and he couldn't do it in the heavens. He will attempt it on the earth, and in both places, he has failed and will fail. Uh, if you, as you study 2 Thessalonians 2, you'll see that. B, Satan as real as all character. He's as real as all characters in the Bible. So it's very important for us to realize whether there's... Listen, if there's skeptics out there and cynics out there, they're the people when they scoff and laugh, oh, Satan, you know, red, you know, with horns on his head and a red tail and a pitchfork, you know, 
If that's all they believe and they're mocking and laughing, then the blinders, they are literally spiritually blinded. They don't believe the testimony of God. They have no capacity to detect or see the movement of this fallen cherub. So I want uh, you and I to come to the point where we're not in any way going to take a step backwards just because some people don't believe. Just because, you know, even within the body of Christ, if there is there skepticism. You know, many Christians say, well, I believe Satan's real, but you know what? It's like real in the past or in the biblical sense, but what about right now? What about right now in our face real? What about right now uh, operating and, and doing things to bring Israel down, to build, you know, a critical mass, a spiritual swelling for a, for a final breakthrough to push for a new world order? His. And um, so when we talk about how real he is, listen, the, the agenda is so real, the purpose is so real, Satan is so real that if you receive biblical, the, you know, the biblical instruction, revelation, and you know that, you're going to become aware and uh, uh, seeing his operations, not only in the world, but he, you know, also in personal spiritual warfare for your own life. Remember the author, Hal Lindsey, wrote a book years ago. Listen, when I first got saved, that was one of my first books as a Christian that I read, Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. Well, he's absolutely right. And it might be good to revisit that book a little bit, but Satan is alive and well on planet Earth. And you can read again, this is not to give him too much credit. I've had people tell me in the past, you know, don't talk about Satan, you know, that gives him too much glory. No, Biblical revelation demands that we talk about. You cannot teach the scripture, preach the word of God without uh, revealing, uh, you know, the the activity presence, you know, of Satan. The absolute reality. The church was birthed in the context of, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." Um, we're we're birthed in the context of real battle real activity real spiritual warfare and um and and satanic agenda so let me ask a couple personal questions i was going to mention also concerning satan is alive and well on planet earth um yeah he is well and when i say that i say because humanity has opened the door and given him that much room because deception is being believed because deception is uh continuing to to uh be embraced by humanity. So it can only happen by those laws of engagement. People are believing the deception. That's why we must be out there, not only to expose evil for what it is, but also then to preach the truth, the light, the light of Christ, the gospel, the good news, and unleash. So in 1 John 5, 1 John 5, what does it say about the evil one? You know, Jesus talked about the evil one in one of the parables, how he comes at night to create tares that he's operating at nighttime in the darkness, in secrecy, to create tears. So that's going on. All over the world, there are literally, listen, individuals that know what they're doing in, in reference to worshiping Satan, seeking to bring about his kingdom in. He cannot come to power visibly and physically as the Antichrist, the false prophet, the system, unless, unless it's done through satanic power. And that's what's happening. So in 1 John 5, we read that the evil one who is in control of the whole world, 
Now, the Greek word cosmos there means the fallen world system. He's in control of the whole fallen world system. That includes the nations. To the degree that nations reject the biblical, Romans chapter 13, the biblical standard by which they're supposed to be operating and embrace, you know, um, you know, or break that ordination from God, then it gives Satan, again, legal rights to, to begin to operate uh, within their governments and, 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 again, move them, including their laws, their future goals. And that's how we've come about with this global sense in the UN, in Europe, uh, in educational systems now, in uh, the major political systems about moving towards a one-world order. Where does that come from? It has a direct spiritual force and presence to it. As Alice Bailey, the occult writer, uh, was guided by the demonic presences to reveal Satan's agenda to occult-oriented individuals, the externalization of the hierarchy. Well, that is Satanism. Satanism is uh, what's behind the uh, move to the New World Order issue. Well, I'm going to ask you a few things here as far as, like we say, in class. And I've done this over the years, so I want to see how you'll respond to a little bit of this as you're studying and reading. And by the way, don't forget some of the resources. Uh, again, I want to encourage you that as you do study these materials, that you know you should be having a daily time with Jesus, worshiping and loving the Lord. You know, you've got to live your life, but... You know, you're not going to be able to be effective in your spiritual warfare personally in your local church or to be preemptive. See, I'm very, very tired of the church being so many years behind what Satan is doing and, uh, and really what God is doing. Uh, to be a part of the mission of God will bring direct confrontation with the powers of darkness. You better believe that. Uh, doing the will of God, the mission of God, will bring direct exposure to some of the strongholds, um, Luciferian strongholds. How real, number, here's a few questions, how real is Satan to you? How real is Satan to you? See, to me, he's very, very real. You know, when I read about the Job case, you know, many Christians would be like, man, that really happened to him. That was really bad. I hope that never occurs to me. I don't want to ever have that kind of, uh, I mean, Satan was that real. Now, Job didn't know it at first. Peter and the disciples, they didn't know it was coming at first. That's, again, how he operates. Do you understand the method? He operates in stealth. He loves to come and just literally um, attack us without us knowing who it is at first. And uh, part of the, I mean, always in his attack is to, to degrade our faith, give us, move us to give up, and many things like that. But again, how real is Satan directly to you? Secondly, what experience do you have with Satan? In other words, you know, maybe in your past you were in some kind of occult-oriented stuff before you got saved. So you're able to answer that differently. Uh, how real is Satan and the demons to you? Now, maybe you, like I have seen hundreds of times now, demons manifested in human beings, speaking out, cursing God, doing whatever. They have, and I've seen their nature. I've seen their fiery passion. I've seen their fury. Uh, I've seen their, their destroying of human life. 
I, I have seen their attempts to attack and threaten and cause fear and horror. I've seen all of that. Third question, have you ever felt or seen Satan? Have you ever felt or seen Satan? Now, I remember when I first got saved, this is a true story. Before I got saved, many of you know that uh, I was a Buddhist Taoist in my belief system that I was dabbling into, you know, trying to, you know, find the demons and find satanic powers, but I didn't have enough materials to know how to do direct worship of Satan. But I do remember being in and seeing and, and involved myself in in really some supernatural experiences that were coming from the dark side. So that when I got saved, and I mean when I got saved, God just delivered me, saved me, filled me with the Spirit. And, uh, but I can remember about a month later coming home from church one night and just really being, you know, feeling so great in the Lord. But I came back into the bedroom, which was mine was in the basement. It was there that, you know, we practiced meditation. Uh, at times in the past we had done, you know, certain drugs and things like that. I had a poster on the wall with a demon coming up out of a pit of fire. And so that whole room would have been open access in the past. Now I'd ripped all those things down. And my room was kind of cleansed. I had burned all the old albums like Lucifer's Friend and, and many of the other things that I had. Books and Ouija boards and magic stuff and whatever. I just Nobody led me. I just knew that I had to. And I burned it all. But I can remember coming in one night by myself down there, coming to lay down on the small couch that I had, and all of a sudden feeling, literally, listen, as if Satan walked in, as if I can actually feel his step foot, you know, his footsteps, almost like big hooves in a sense, being just like I could almost sense sense the, the and and feel and and like he was just you know feet from me. I mean that's just my experience. I'm just telling you what occurred with me. I didn't see anything, but the presence was so ominous and threatening. And as a new believer, I didn't know what to do. I just simply you know, turned over on my face and began to say, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. And the next thing I knew, I woke up in the morning filled with the peace of God, filled with the peace of Jesus, and completely uh, protected. I remember the experience. And I just smiled and was thanking the Lord for His protection. Uh, whether that was Satan himself, I don't know, probably not, but, uh, but definitely, you know, satanic, demonic presence that came into the room from past legalities Maybe to come back and claim, hey, we had a right in your life. Hey, you know, and so forth. Uh, hey, you were seeking us. But that had ended in my total renunciation of Satan and all those um, spiritual deceptions. How about you? Well, what about this? And sometimes when individuals go through these kind of courses with us, we find out that they realize that they've opened doors in the past in their life. And they realize that maybe they need to renounce those doors and say, you know what, I, just, I really want to, you know, or they find out something in their family bloodline. And there's nothing wrong. There's no prohibition in Scripture that says you can't just say, you know what, I want to renounce this to clear the air. I want to renounce it for my family. I want to pray against it with the authority of Jesus. I want to ask the Lord to just literally, um, you know, destroy any kind of uh, satanic activity or work. Uh, that's what 1 John 3, 8 says. The reason the Son of God came was to destroy Satan's work. Now, question. And I've said this to many different course people in conference and classes and so forth. If you could sit down with Satan himself and talk to him, would you? 
Now, I've asked that question over the years, once again, to watch the faces of students as they contemplate the question. Sitting down with Satan across the table and literally talking to him, what would you ask him? Would you say, you know, I guess my first thing is, are you nuts? You were the anointed cherub. Why? 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 Why do you hate God? Why do you hate humanity? You know, things like that. Now, the difficulty, if you understand biblical revelation, because his nature is utterly, eternally altered, he cannot, cannot tell you the truth. Even if half the sentence is, is truth, the other half will always be a lie. He cannot, because Jesus said no truth is remaining or dwelling within him. So it would be almost um, impossible to have a real, honest, <laughs> honest conversation with Satan or a demon. So in exorcisms, deliverance ministry, uh, no matter what the demons say, um, you know, we can't sit there and say, okay, I believe what these demons are saying, man. They really sound like they're trying to tell the truth. And, you know, that's, no, don't, don't ever let them deceive you because their nature, their nature, their very core nature that they, they are into and they are and they live and they have no remorse and they don't want to repent and they, and so forth. Um, deception, seduction, they are the masters of it. They are the originators of it. The powers of blinding and morphing and all are there. So, well, next question. Where is he at work right now? If you were to guess, where is he at work? There's been times in sermons in the past I've said, Satan has no bed in hell. From everything we see, angels and demons, they never sleep like we have to. They don't sleep. They don't, um, there's just simply nothing about that. Uh, they don't recharge their batteries in some sense. We never see an angel sleeping. We never see a, a demon sleeping. We, we only see them constantly active. So uh, Satan not sleeping, every single you know, waking moment, you know, for us anyway, but for him, every moment he is doing his stuff. You know, you think in terms of today, in 24 hours, what has he done? In seven days, what has he done? In 30 days, what has he done? In the last year, if you were to take down a report of all the activities that Satan has done, you know, how, how, how big would the report be? What about the last 6,000 years? 4,000 years? Or the last 2,000? Again, we're emphasizing the reality to come down to really, you know, grips with biblical revelation. Jesus absolutely encountered him. He had no question. When you read Matthew chapter 4, study that. And, and as you're reading it, ask the Lord for insight. And take a look again at the battle between Jesus, the Son of Man, representing human, the human race, and Satan himself. Please understand that Satan, when he was once the anointed cherub, he knew the Christ before the history of the world. See, again, 
Christ is the eternal Christ, the eternal Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When we talk about in Genesis chapter 2, when God walked in the cool of the evening, we're talking about the pre-incarnate state of Christ. Every time we deal with a revelation, a visible kind of physical revelation of God, we're talking usually about Christ. Even Isaiah chapter 6, when he, Isaiah looked up and saw Yahweh Adonai. Well, the New Testament in the book of John, Gospel of John, reveals that he saw Jesus. That's who he saw. So Satan knows who Jesus is. The demons knew right away, you know, you're the Holy One of God. They, they all knew of the prophecies. They all knew. That's why Revelation chapter 12 reveals that Satan was there in Israel knowing that the fulfillment, you know, in Bethlehem, uh, the, the star in the sky, the different signs that were going to occur at the birth of Jesus, he was there to do one thing. Revelation 12 reveals that he was there to immediately attack and destroy the Christ child. And so we have the, pro- the prophecy of all the babies being slaughtered. That is political and uh, military history that has been supernaturally uh, guided by the direct work of Satan himself. And God, the Holy Spirit, in the Old Testament, prophesied, announced that this attempt would occur and that it would leave many, many mothers weeping for their children. Well, this is the reality. This is the reality. Satan is real today. He is working in lives, working in the world, working in governments. And that's why if you're going to believe the biblical revelation, which gives the accurate, complete, and listen, strategic revelation, then if you have the grid down, the biblical information down well, you will be able to see in governments, in military, secret societies, uh, New Age, Luciferian type teaching, the uh, invocation of Lucifer, things like that, you're going to become sensitive to, to the activity of the enemy, not just for your own life and how you can be free. So many Christians are so selfish in this. They just, they just don't want the devil to bother them. They don't want to do anything. You know, I don't want to be in, I've had people tell me they don't want to be involved in deliverance ministry because they don't want the devil. They don't want to get bothered by the devil. So in other words, you know, basically let the demonized people be demonized to heck with them. Can you imagine Christians saying this? It again reveals the uh, biblical illiteracy Jesus said in Luke's gospel, dear friends, that what? I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, on demons, and to overcome all the power of the enemy, of Satan himself. Overcome it, Nike, decisive victory, to win. I've given you this authority to trample the demonic realms, to overcome all the power of the enemy, all of the what? The word of God reveals not only the presence of demons, but the power of Satan and of Satan himself. And we've been given authority to overcome that. And then Jesus said, and nothing will harm you. And nothing will harm you. And yet we have many, many Christians that are afraid. They're, they're like, I'm, I can't deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that. I don't know what I would do. if I, if I, I had a, a Christian lawyer one time say, man, I'm really glad you guys out there, you're doing all this shatter work. You know, I'm really glad. Um, and because uh, that stuff scares, you know, scares me to death. 
Is that right? Well, due to our biblical illiteracy, we, we, we cannot develop uh, boldness, uh, fearlessness, and a fierceness in Christ without biblical truth in our lives. 1 John, let me give you just a little heads up. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, when the Holy Spirit says, I write to you young believers because you are strong. He's talking about believers that are spiritually, you know, building spiritual muscle. You are strong and they've overcome the evil one, Nike. They've beaten the, the devil himself. But look at the, look at the teaching there in, second, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. Because the word of God lives in you. So when we talk about studying all these different things and reading all the different kinds of satanic groups and you know the people have questioned me, why do you do that? Well, uh, because God has, has told us to expose evil deeds of darkness and you can't expose what you don't know. And that there are way too many Christians that won't even take a peek at what's out there which tells me two things. They're not evangelizing the millions of people that are in the New Age, the millions of people that are involved in direct, in one direct form of satanic groups or, or others worldwide. I mean, in Russia, Satanism is growing. In Europe, Satanism is massive. So much so that even the Catholic Church, the Pope is... You know, you know the whole story now that has come out for the last couple of years of the... Of their, they are needing to train Catholic priests by the hundreds on how to do deliverance. Uh, you see, when people are getting possessed and demonized, even when they think they're getting promises, eventually they begin to see, hey, they've been hooked, they've been deceived, they want out, and uh, you know, then what do they do? Where are they going to go? They're going to where are they going to go then? They're going to just rub a crystal on them? Are they going to just uh, read the tarot cards and see what they say about the demon in their life? Are they going to go to a psychic, Sylvia Brown, and see what she says and give false, false? Oh, that's your ancestor. That's your uncle Harry. You know where are they going to get the accurate, complete, and strategic revelation of who Satan is and what he's all about and how they operate and what they're going to be doing in the future? Let me tell you again, biblical. Biblical revelation will not only give you an absolute heads up. If you're a soldier of Jesus Christ, if you want to be on the cutting edge because the world has seen nothing yet, the closer we come to the Black Awakening, the Great Revolt, uh, which then is the kickoff for the apocalypse of Antichrist, which is the incarnation, counterfeit incarnation of Satan in human flesh, which will uh, blast upon the world uh, the most, uh, well, an unequaled number, an unequaled measure, an unequaled presence, manifested presence of satanic power, felt in the air, felt in political systems, and that power will seek to seize um, control to the point of mark of the beast, which you'll hear me talk about later. Some satanic groups are already talking about it. Some believe that they already know what it is and that they're all looking forward to it because it involves a, uh, not just a marking for the world to see, but a literal satanic presence. That the mark You can't take the mark without accepting demonic attachment. I'll, I'll say that much at this point. So, as a believer... 
you want to uh, be able to study this material and know so that you can listen. Isn't this what uh, God made the watchman in the Old Testament about? To uh, if you know, in that case, to, if you're seeing judgment coming, get out there and warn the people so they might get saved. If we look at the biblical prophecies about satanic ramping up in the world, what's occurring and what's about to occur then what are we going to do? Are we going to sit on the information? Are we going to sit on the information? Uh, well, let's hope not. I think that would be a grievous sin and that we would be uh, dealt an embarrassing blow at the judgment seat of Christ. What will you do, good or bad, in the body as you are in Christ? Will you become fearless? Will you become fierce? Can I bless you and tell you to... Take a look at Saul of Tarsus, who didn't even know that he was really serving the wrong side, finally encountered by the power of Jesus, saved, now filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 9. Take a look at the story. And then as he begins to preach Jesus, which is the most powerful thing to do, the most cutting thing to do, which brings about the greatest blessing, backing, and presence and power of the living Jesus Christ manifesting all around in that process and defeating of, defeating of the enemy, by the way, while exposing and defeating the enemy. It also brings the greatest level of growth. The early Christians became so fearless, so strong, that literally nothing could stop them other than direct martyrdom. And even then they gave such brilliant supernatural witness to Christ that other people would get saved. Acts chapter 9, verse 22. Once you think about it, think about memorizing it. Saul of Tarsus, who got saved, who got filled with the Holy Spirit, who began to step out and share Jesus to get people saved. It says that he grew in obedience to the God, in obedience to God, in obedience to the Word, that he grew more and more powerful. That's what I would pray for you right now as you um, progress in this course in your personal Christian life. That's what I believe. Anybody studying biblical, even when it comes to studying biblical information on demonic presence, please understand, biblical information, even if you don't study anything else or read about Anton LaVey or any of the other stuff, fine, at least know the absolute biblical revelation, systematic biblical revelation, because in compiling everything it says about demonology, Satanology, Satan's origins, his nature, his purpose, his will, his agenda, biblical prophecy reveals what he's going to, what he's doing, going to be doing, uh, the the emergence, the evolution of a new spiritual. Oh, listen, it's all around us. And uh, we need to go just absolutely crazy, if I can even use that word, in sharing Jesus and extending the kingdom. And the book of Acts declares that as they went out doing the mission, proclaiming Jesus in the basile of the rule of God, everybody they encountered believed in something other than God. Like in Thessalonians, it says they turned from the idols to the living God. Uh, like the, you can read all the way through and you can see how they, in Ephesus, when people got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit there and the power of the kingdom of God came, guess what happened? 
They brought to a bonfire on their own all of their sorcery scrolls, magic scrolls. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you what, there's occultists who would love, they would have died to have that material. And they burned it all. Uh, that's important um, because anybody else getting a hold of material can use it and uh, the demons can come through again and again and again. Well, that's what I'm just encouraging you to think through right now is, um, you know, what, what you're going to do in, in relation to the information. So that assuming you know the Lord Jesus, you know the grace of God, you know the power of the Spirit of the Lord in your life. Again, most Christians don't know the authority that we've already been given. They don't know the, they, they've got weaponry they don't know about. And they wouldn't live in fear if they appropriated the truth. That is, accept the truth as true because it is true. And uh, simply do that. And you could do that. And I would say really in this course that many of you um, might want to right now say, Lord, I'm, I'm going into this. I'm not going to go in fearful. I'm going to go in trusting you. Your word tells us again and again and again, fear not, fear not. And so that's, that's the way we need to approach this when it comes to Satan specifically. L listen, the reason I know this is very important is, number one, God doesn't want us to live in fear and anxiety and so forth about things like this. That the righteous are as bold as the lion and the wicked, and that kingdom, wicked kingdom flees. That uh, when we submit to God in faith and obedience and resist the devil, the devil flees, the Greek word meaning, uh, used of a of a... A losing army running off the field, Satan will flee in that way if you do what you're supposed to do and be what you're supposed to be. So towards this end of this, you know, part one of, of session three, my encouragement in biblical knowledge of Satan and all of the agenda and the prophetic insight of what he's going to be doing, let alone learning what he is doing, um, it's not only right, it's willed by God. The information wouldn't be in Scripture if it wasn't meant to be known. And so again, it's the only, the Bible is the only book with living words of God that brings accurate revelation and exposure. Accurate, complete, and strategic for your empowerment to grow more powerful, for you to grow more powerful. And uh, now that doesn't mean that's all you know. Of course, you know the rest of biblical truths and knowing your authority and knowing the armor of God is on and, and understanding that you're living in mission. See, when I get up today, my mission is, who can I win to Jesus? You know, when I go to prayer and, and seek the Lord and worship and then pray for all the lost folks and souls and people and individuals and, and, um, and that's my agenda, your agenda as a believer is to fulfill the mission of Jesus. Uh, but the more knowledge we have about the mission, the more knowledge we have overall, we can live stronger, bolder, and more powerful. And that includes biblical information on what Satan is doing. And the reason that we should know more now is we are on the, um, the crest of the wave. We are, we are on that, that precipice in a sense of um, the, the, the frog in the kettle approach has been going on probably for the last 60 years in a way, you know, in a global sense as never before in the history of the world. And we're ready to break into that, that black awakening, that great satanic anarchy and chaos and revolt that will usher in, that will usher in 
the real Antichrist who is the, the counterfeit incarnation of Satan himself. And all of that, 2 Thessalonians 2 reveals, Satan is the one at work. Uh, the Greek word work there meaning a supernatural operative power. So there's supernatural powers at work in our government. Bohemian Grove is adding to that, sending those powers on our governmental people. And other, other ritual sites are doing the same thing on a, on a national level, let alone global. Uh, this doesn't come about without those kind of resources being there. You've got to understand the covens and the uh, workers of the night are engaged in unleashing satanic powers and to fulfill the satanic agenda. Just as we can't get people saved, healed, delivered, uh, and so forth, guess what? You cannot advance the kingdom of God without the power of God. And you cannot advance the satanic uh, agenda without the satanic powers behind it. And so, as believers, we're going to see more and more and more and more power encounters, more and more demonized people. That's why across this nation alone, uh, so many people have come in for deliverances. It's not even funny. Not even funny. And any believer that's willing to do the biblical things that Jesus said to do, the things that he did, I mean, let me give you another, another thing to maybe study this week or before you go into the second part of this session three. If you take a look at Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, it presents Jesus stepping out. You know, he's already been through everything else. He, you know, he, now he's stepping out into ministry. The first chapter alone reveals the ministry of Jesus. Re reveals the cutting-edge ministry, the front-line ministry of the church, of every believer. The first thing is, he preaches about the kingdom, the rule of God, and he tells the people to believe, to repent, and to believe the good news. That behind the advance of the kingdom of God is a call to change. Metanoia, repent, change. Turn around and believe the good news. Believe the good news of God. God loves you. God's come to rescue you. God's come to set you free. God's come to cleanse you. God's come to put his power and presence and gift of eternal life in you. God comes to love you, embrace you. God comes to bring his healing and so forth. So that's the first thing Jesus did. But if you, if you read the entire chapter, look what it's going to reveal. That he also, in that same chapter, he unleashes salvation, number one. And accompanying that, he unleashes healing. Talks about him being filled with compassion, and he healed a man. He was willing. And then it also deals with him casting out demons. Can you imagine people that had gone around all, you know, all their life with those demons, couldn't get rid of them no matter what was going on. They couldn't get rid of them. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes. He proclaims salvation as great and good news. He literally heals out of compassion. A man that was hopeless. And then he delivers a demon-possessed individual and casts the demons out. And it ends up with, in chapter 1, the people being amazed. Amazed. This is the Jesus who lives in you. This is the Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is the Jesus that Luciferians, Satanists, New Agers, Santerians... Uh, Druids, Wiccans. This is the Jesus that seeks their salvation, healing, and deliverance. This is the Jesus that uh, died for the world, loves the world, that, listen, my dear friend, lives in you, lives with you, promised he'd be with you to the end of the age. And so I would encourage that in this first session here, 
that we all repent of fear. That we all come before the Lord and say, we know how Satan can use fear. We know the book of Proverbs tells us that fear is a, the fear of man is a snare. We're like caught. We can't do anything. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I renounce fear. I renounce being afraid. I, I fully come before the Lord to trust Him and His Word in every area, to believe God, to launch out in faith on the Word of God, trusting that He will manifest His presence, power as never before in our lives, that we'll be able to win souls to Jesus, to preach good news, and the power, the unequaled, unparalleled, uh, incomparably great power, it says in First uh, chapter of Ephesians, for us who believe, the power of God is with us. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And we should be living fearlessly. The church should be progressing in the world, the gates of hell, you know, constantly backing up and backing down and breaking down because they cannot withstand the onslaught of the obedient body of Christ. There was a city in Samaria with a satanically oriented high priest that claimed the great power that amazed the people with magic, like Aleister Crowley's magic with the K, real satanic supernatural magic. The people were uh, demonized and caught up with it until one individual, like we talked about, you know, in the other session, the the Philip factor. Well, let's end the first part here in session number three. We're at sixty minutes. And I'm going to simply say this, the Lord bless you and strengthen you and build you. May the Spirit of God lead you to renounce all fear and to embrace Jesus, to step out in faith, which is liberating, that allows God to operate. To live in fear is disobedience. To live in fear is almost like being spiritually decapitated. To live in fear gives the devil room. To live in faith and move forward in faith and obedience will make you eventually fearless and unstoppable. I'm telling you the truth. Acts 9.22, you can grow more and more powerful. Acts 5.42, you can come to the point where you never stop preaching and teaching that Jesus is the Christ. Praying for the healing of people. Commanding demons to come out. Warning people. Oh, so many great things. You can have such an impact, such an incredible uh, impact of God literally flowing through your life that when those who have been connected to the lesser powers, the demon powers, that think they were so much, um, when, <laughs> when they're engaged by the authority and power of the living Christ and see their demons run and scream, I've seen it happen again and again where they want to just repent, turn to Jesus Christ, and receive the clean, holy power of God and cleansing, and be free from the snare of the devil who takes them captive to do his will. Well, may God grant us a great burden for souls. May we give him a great obedience to the Great Commission, and uh, we will have the Spirit of God all over us as we do that. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. I'll see you in the second part of session number three.